Listener Production. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to a brand new week here on The Scorecard. I'm Liam Flanagan, and this is your fast, fun hit of sport for Monday, the 21st of November. Today, the AFLW Grand Final is set, but it's guaranteed to be a disappointing crowd. Australia to bring home two Rugby League World Cup trophies, and the Wallaby Spring Tour sucks. But first... The 2022 Qatar World Cup is finally underway. And already, history's been made. Qatar became the first host nation in the history of the tournament to lose their opening fixture after Ecuador claimed a 2-0 victory thanks to a double from captain Enna Valencia. Again, oh, what a fine header. It's Enna Valencia's show here. No wonder he's smiling. But before the big dogs like England and the Netherlands kick off their campaigns overnight tonight, we need to talk about Gianni. Today, I have uh, very strong feelings. I can tell you that. That is FIFA president Gianni Infantino. And Gianni, on the eve of the tournament, apparently is feeling lots of emotions. Today I feel uh, Qatari. Today I feel Arab. Today I feel African. (laughs) Okay, but you're Swiss, so this is getting a bit weird. Any more feelings, Gianni? Today I feel uh, gay. Okay, what the f*** are you actually on about, Gianni? Today I feel disabled. Today I feel uh, a migrant worker. Yeah, but you're not disabled or a migrant worker. You're the president of one of the most powerful sporting bodies on the planet who earns over $3 million a year. For context, Infantino was trying to explain what he believes are moral double standards of those Europeans who have been criticising the Qatar World Cup over the country's poor record on human rights and in particular the treatment of migrant workers, many of whom died while building the tournament's stadia. I think for what we Europeans have been doing in the last 3,000 years around the world, we should be apologising for the next 3,000 years before starting to give moral lessons. There have also been allegations that local Qataris have been paid to impersonate supporter groups for the various teams competing at the World Cup. But the broader criticisms relate to the country's laws around homosexuality and the conditions under which migrant workers have been forced to live and work. So if somebody thinks that by just hammering and criticising and hammering and criticising we achieve something, well, I can tell you we achieve exactly the opposite. Because this will be viewed as provocation. And then if you provoke me, I react. And maybe he's right. Maybe the criticisms from other countries who have their own historical humans relation issues are a bit rich. But it's unquestionably a bit rich for a white heterosexual male who lives an incredible life of privilege to be claiming to understand the plight of the reported 6,500 migrant workers who have died during the construction of the tournament venues. Of course, I'm not uh, Qatari, I'm not Arab, I'm not African. I'm not gay, I'm not disabled, I'm not really a migrant worker. Oh, thanks for clearing that up, Gianni. The D's move a step closer to finishing their business. Melbourne into their second straight AFLW Grand Final. Now only the Brisbane Lions stand between the D's and the ultimate prize. 
The AFLW Grand Final is set, but the venue set to host the game comes with some question marks. Springfield's brand new Brighton Homes Arena will have its first test next weekend when the Lions take on the Demons for the AFLW Grand Final. The $80 million facility can hold up to 10,000 people but hasn't even been used yet as a training ground. The Brisbane Lions brand new training facility, Brighton Homes Arena in the Brisbane suburb of Springfield, will host the AFLW Grand Final between the Brisbane Lions and the Melbourne Demons after the Lions finished top of the ladder, earning the right to a home ground advantage if they made the grand final. Yeah, that seems fair. Unfortunately, South East Queensland's two major footy fields are unavailable due to cricket commitments for the Gabba, while Metricon Stadium is booked for some DJ bloke called Calvin. I feel so close to you right now. But despite the newness of the facility and the $80 million spent on upgrading it, its capacity is a lowly 8,000. That's not enough. Yes, sadly, less than 10,000 fans will be able to attend the season decider this weekend and only 600 of those will be able to sit down with the facility having less than 1,000 physical seats. And it's not just the fans who might suffer. The players are at risk too. This has never been used. While the thoughts of a lacklustre crowd figure are concerning, the safety issues involved with players playing on an unstable, untested playing service are seriously worrying. But the AFLW is committed to rewarding the team that finished top with a home ground advantage, and that is the Brisbane Lions this year. So this weekend, the Lions will host the Demons at 2.40pm Eastern Daylight Savings Time for the AFLW Premiership. But any hopes of matching the AFLW Grand Final attendance average of 23,000, let alone going near the record GF attendance of 53,000 set at the 2019 Decider at Adelaide Oval, are dead in the water. Hey Australia, in case you missed it, our trophy cabinet just got a bit busier. Clary Long, here it is, Mitchell with it, it started with a Mitchell try, it'll finish with a Mitchell try. Mission accomplished, beating Samoa by 30 points to 10. Yep, over the weekend Australia not only added a men's rugby league World Cup trophy, they added a women's one too. The Kangaroos and Jillaroos are both likely still celebrating respectively and collectively after they won the final of the tournaments. The Kangaroos were simply too dominant for a gallant Samoa who were appearing in their first ever World Cup Grand Final, with Kangaroos captain James Tedesco reminding everyone that he's the most dominant player in the game right now. Inside Munster, Tedesco, here it is! The Australian captain has slid over the edge! It's like a water slide of celebration. He's a kid again. The captain of Australia has a try double at Old Trafford. But while the Kangaroos were convincing, the Jillaroos were terrifying. Shipping it again to Brigginshaw. What a great pass. Australia go through. And that's a walk-in for the Jillaroos. Taking on their old rivals, New Zealand, the Jillaroos decimated the Kiwis 54-4 with veteran Jillaroo Ali Brigginshaw claiming player of the match honours and showing everyone that even at the age of 32, she's still a world beater. Brigginshaw backed up her player of the match performance from the 2017 World Cup final, while the Jillaroos defended their title in the most dominant fashion, conceding just 12 points in total across five games while scoring 412 of their own. Welcome to Dublin to the Aviva Stadium. The Autumn Nations between Ireland and Australia were off and running. The Wallabies are currently on their spring tour in the UK, which is ironic because in spring things normally thrive and yet the Wallabies are dying. 
After narrow losses to France and Italy, the Aussies had hoped to add some respectability back to their brand against Ireland over the weekend, but sadly, the green and gold was simply not good enough for the plain old green. Ireland held on for a narrow 13-10 win over the Wallabies and the result has a two-way effect, firstly for the Irish. It bumps them to number one in the world rankings, making them the first team in 20 years to defeat the Springboks, All Blacks and Wallabies in a calendar year. It's been a good year. But for the Aussies, the loss sees them drop to, wait for it, eighth in the world. Eighth. We're only just above Scotland and Japan. And we might go even lower if we can't beat Wales this weekend. And that is your Fast Fun Hit of Sport for today. I'm Liam Flanagan. Catch you tomorrow on the Scorecard. Listener.